0: Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaw. Today we have the second half of the story of the princess on the glass hill. Our young hero, Cinderlad, has gathered a stable of horses that came after earthquakes and were eating his family's hay. Yes, that's what happened. And now, we're going to learn why that has happened. In part two of The Princess on the Glass Hill. The king of the country in which Cinderlad's father dwelt had a daughter whom he would give to no one who could not ride up to the top of the glass hill, for there was a high, high hill of glass, slippery as ice, and it was close to the king's palace. Upon the very top of this the king's daughter was to sit with three golden apples in her lap. And the man who could ride up and take the three golden apples should marry her and have half the kingdom. The king had this proclaimed in every church in the whole kingdom, and in many other kingdoms too. The princess was very beautiful, and all who saw her fell violently in love with her, even in spite of themselves. So it is needless to say that all the princes and knights were eager to win her, and half the kingdom besides, and that for this cause they came riding thither from the very end of the world, dressed so splendidly that their raiments gleamed in the sunshine and riding on horses which seemed to dance as they went, and there was not one of these princes who did not think he was sure to win the princess. When the day appointed by the king had come, there was such a host of knights and princes under the glass hill that they seemed to swarm, and everyone who could walk or even creep was there too, to see who won the king's daughter. Cinderlad's two brothers were there too, but they would not hear of letting him go with them, for he was so dirty and black with sleeping and grubbing among the ashes, that they said everyone would laugh at them if they were seen in the company of such an oaf. Well then, I will go alone by myself, said Cinderlad. When the two brothers got to the glass hill, all the princes and knights were trying to ride up it, and their horses were in a foam, But it was all in vain for no sooner did the horses set foot upon the hill than they slipped and there was not one who could get even so much as a couple of yards up nor was that strange for the hill was as smooth as a glass window pane and as steep as the side of a house but they were all eager to win the king's daughter and half the kingdom so they rode and they slipped and thus it went on at length All the horses were so tired that they could do no more, and so hot that the foam dropped from them, and the riders were forced to give up the attempt. The king was just thinking that he would cause it to be proclaimed that the riding should begin afresh on the following day, when perhaps it might go better, when suddenly a knight came riding up on so fine a horse that no one had ever seen the likes of it before, and the knight had armor of copper, and his bridle was of copper too, and all his accoutrements were so bright, they shone again. The other knights all called out to him that he might just as well spare himself the trouble of trying to ride up the glass hill, for it was no use to try, but he did not heed them, and rode straight off to it, and went up as if it were nothing at all. Thus he rode for a long way, it may have been a third of the way up, but when he had got so far he turned his horse round and rode down again. But the princess, thought that she had never yet seen so handsome a knight, and while he was riding up she was sitting thinking, oh, how I hope he may be able to come up to the top. And when she saw that he was turning his horse back, she threw one of the golden apples down after him and it rolled into his shoe, but when he came down from off the hill he rode away, and that so fast that no one knew what had become of him. So all the princes and knights were bidden to present themselves before the king that night, so that he who had ridden so far up the glass hill might show the golden apple which the king's daughter had thrown down, but no one had anything to show. One knight presented himself after the other, and none could show the apple. At night too, Cinderlad's brothers came home again and had a long story to tell about the riding up the glass hill. At first they said, There was not one who was able to get even so much as one step up. But then came a knight who had armor of copper, and a bridle of copper, and his armor and trappings were so bright that they shone to a great distance, and it was something like a sight to see him riding. He rode one-third of the way up the glass hill, and he could easily have ridden the whole way of it if he had liked it, but he had turned back, for he had made up his mind that that was enough for once. Oh, I should have liked him to see him too, that I should said Cinderlad, who was as usual sitting by the chimney among the cinders. You indeed, said the brothers, you look as if you were fit to be among such great lords, nasty beast that you are to sit there. Next day the brothers were setting out again, and this time too Cinderlad begged them to let him go with them and see who rode, but no, they said he was not fit to do that, for he was much too ugly and dirty. Well, well, Then I will go all alone by myself, said Cinderlad. So the brothers went to the glass hill, and all the princes and knights began to ride again, and this time they had taken care to rough the shoes of their horses, but that did not help them. They rode, and they slipped as they had the day before, and not one of them could get even so far as a yard up the hill. When they had tired out their horses, so that they could do no more, they again had to stop altogether. But just as the king was thinking that it would be well to proclaim that the riding should take place next day for the last time, so that they might have one more chance, he suddenly bethought himself that it would be well to wait a little longer to see if the knight in copper armor would come on this day too, but nothing was to be seen of him. Just as they were looking for him, however, came a knight riding on a steed which was much, much finer than that which the knight in copper armor had ridden, and this knight had silver armor and a silver saddle and bridle, and they were all so bright that they shone and glistened when he was a long way off. Again, the other knights called to him, and said that he might as well just give up the attempt to ride up the glass hill, for it was useless to try. But the knight paid no heed to that, but rode straight away to the glass hill, and went still farther up than the knight in copper armor had gone. But when he had ridden two-thirds of the way, he turned his horse round and rode down again. The princess liked this knight still better than she had liked the other, and sat longing that he might be able to get up above. And when she saw him turning back, she threw the second apple after him, and it rolled into his shoe, and as soon as he had got down the glass hill, he rode away so fast that no one could see what had become of him. In the evening, when everyone was to appear before the king and princess in order that he who had the golden apple might show it, one knight went in after the other, but none of them had a golden apple to show. At night, the two brothers went home as they had done the night before, and told how things had gone, and how everyone had ridden but no one had been able to get up the hill. Last of all, they said, came one in silver armor, and he had a silver bridle on his horse, and a silver saddle, and oh, but he could ride. He took his horse two-thirds of the way up the hill, but then he turned back. He was a fine fellow, said the brothers, and the princess threw the second golden apple to him. Oh, how I should have liked to seen him too, said Cinderlad. Oh, indeed, he was a little brighter than the ashes that you sit grubbing among. you dirty black creature, said the brothers. On the third day, everything went just as on the former days. Cinderlad wanted to go with them to look at the riding. But the two brothers would not have him in their company, and when they got to the glass hill, there was no one who could ride even so far as a yard up it, and everyone waited for the knight in silver armor, but he was neither to be seen nor heard of. At last, after a long time, came a knight riding upon a horse that was such a fine one its equal had never yet been seen. This knight had golden armor, and the horse a golden saddle and bridle and these were all so bright that they shone and dazzled everyone, even while the knight was still at a great distance. The other princes and knights were not able even to call to him, to tell him how useless it was to try to ascend the hill, so amazed were they at the sight of his magnificence. He rode straight away to the glass hill, and galloped up it as if it were no hill at all, so that the princess had not even time to wish that he might get all the way up. As soon as he had ridden to the top, he took the third golden apple from the lap of the princess, and then turned his horse about and rode down again, and vanished from their sight before anyone was able to say a word to him. When the two brothers came home again at night, they had much to tell of how the riding had gone off that day, and at last they told about the knight in the golden armor too. He a fine fellow that was. Such splendid knight is not to be found on the earth, said the brothers. "'Oh, how I would have liked to have seen him too,' said Cinderlad. "'Well, he shone nearly as brightly as the coal-heaps that thou art always laying, raking amongst dirty black creature that thou art,' said the brothers. Next day, all the knights and princes were to appear before the king and the princess. It had been too late for them to do it the night before, in order that he, who had the golden apple, might produce it. They all went in turn, first princes and then knights.' "'but none of them had a golden apple. "'But somebody must have it,' said the king, "'for with our own eyes we all saw a man ride up and take it. "'So he commanded that everyone in the kingdom "'should come to the palace "'and see if he could show the apple. "'And one after one they all came, "'but no one had the golden apple, "'and after a long, long time "'Cinderlad's two brothers came likewise.' They were the last of all, so the king inquired of them if there was no one else in the kingdom left to come. Oh, yes, we have a brother, said the two, but he never got the golden apple. He never left the cinder heap on any of the three days. Never mind that, said the king. As everyone else has come to the palace, let him come too. So Cinderlad was forced to go to the king's palace. Hast thou the golden apple? asked the king. Yes. "'Here's the first, and here's the second, and here's the third, too,' said Cinderlad. "'And he took all the three apples out of his pocket, and with that threw off his sooty rags, "'and appeared there before them, in his bright golden armour which gleamed as he stood. "'Thou shalt have my daughter, and half of my kingdom, and thou hast well earned both,' said the king. "'So there was a wedding.' And Cinderlad got the king's daughter, and everyone made merry at the wedding, for all of them could make merry, though they could not ride up the glass hill. And if they have not left off their merrymaking, they must be at it still. And that is the end of the story of the princess on the glass hill. And like I said before... This is a story that has versions in nearly every culture that you can find, and I hope that you enjoyed this one. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you'd like to get your podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head over to Patreon.com/FolktaleProject. And I always appreciate it if you like and share the stories. As always, thank you so much for listening.